Ready? Come on, let's honor the word and say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. After today, I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say you need the Holy Spirit. All right, open up your note sheet. That's why you have a a clipboard on your seat. So take your clipboard out and uh, put your note sheet on it, and let's get ready. I want you to fill in the blanks so that you'll know what you learned when you leave. Amen? I want you to think this morning. I'm going to be doing more teaching than I am anything because I want you to know. God needs us to know about the power of the Holy Spirit. This year, we're looking at being more fruitful. Being, being tremendously fruitful in our lives. It means that we move from a, a level of where we are, press into another level of maturity, another level of intimacy with God so that we can bear more fruit. The Bible says that he's glorified when we bear much fruit. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. He says, but without me, you can do nothing. So it's about being more intimate with him. If we're going to press in and, and bear this tremendous fruit like we, want to, like we want to bear, then that means that we have to press into him. If you abide in me, if you live in me, if, if you are spending time with me, it's about intimacy with God. See, these gifts that we're looking at that come from the Holy Spirit, they come through our intimate relationship with him. So if we work more on our intimacy, the gifts will just be automatic. Amen. But God wants us to know about the gifts of the Spirit that He gives us. He's given us gifts. And the Holy Spirit is here so that we would not be defeated on a single score. He wants us to be victorious in our lives. Amen. And the power of the Holy Spirit is there. Jesus told the disciples when He got ready to go, because they were all crying and knew that, because Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, he says, But wait, listen to me. It's good for you that I go, because if I don't go, I can't send Him. But if I go, I will pray the Father for him to send him another helper, a parakletos, one who's called alongside to help you in every area of life. He's there to um, talk to you, to lead you, to guide you, um, to give you that intuition, that discernment, so that you know to go this way or not go that way. When everything seems right, I mean, it all looks rosy, it all looks good, but something right here says, "Mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's something about him that seems wonderful, but there's something in my spirit, in my knower. I know in my knower there's something about this guy that ain't right. Guys, same thing. Equal opportunity rebuker. This girl is fine. She's got a good job. Everything looks good, but some don't feel right. That's the <laughs> See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to let you know things that are going on beyond the natural. See, we're spirit beings, and we have a spirit, Holy Spirit, who leads us and guides our spirit. We're just living in a body. I'm having a natural experience, but I am a spirit being connected to God, to a spirit God. the, The worshipers worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. So those who worship him worship in spirit and in truth. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us into all good things, to make the word make sense to us. 
Um, he reminds of, of all the word that we know, stuff you thought you, you didn't even ever learn. Man, the Holy Spirit will just drop a scripture on you. You're like, man, I didn't, I didn't even know I knew that. That is a scripture. That comes from the Holy Spirit. That's what he does in our lives. So we're going to bear more fruit the more intimate we are with him. The more time we make to spend time with him. I need to hear his voice. I don't want to miss him. I don't want to get off the freeway and go through all the stoplights. Amen. I want to stay on the freeway and keep on trucking with God. Get off here, God. No, don't get off. Go. Keep going. Keep going. You want me to get, you want me to get switch lanes? No, stay in your lane. Stay where you are. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And when we do that, we stay on track. We stay on course. We press to another level of maturity. And we bear more fruit. Amen. All right. So he wants us to have a victorious life. Number one, the Holy Spirit victorious life. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we get when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and, 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 and indwells you. But he is more for your life than to just sit in your soul. There's more to the power that he brings to your life than to just sit in your soul and say you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a power he wants to flow through you. Amen. So he comes to bring the indwelling that brings the victory to our lives. He helps us understand the word. The Bible says that he's a teacher. He's a comforter. Um, that he instructs us. Um, he transforms us. It's by the Holy Spirit that he transforms us. When we look in the word, it's like looking in a mirror. And he says he takes us, he transforms us from glory to glory to glory. As we continue to behold him in the word of God, it says that this happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you're looking in the Word, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that causes you to see yourself like you are and to press on and say, whoa, I could do better in that area. Or the Holy Spirit calls you upward. Amen. So it's from glory to glory. So that's part of the work that He does. He's, he's empowering us to be what we could never be otherwise without His help. You were looking at a work. <laughs> this has been a work in 25 years in the making. <laughs> Got a big amen from Kenton, my son. He remembers when I was ratchet. <laughs> Woo, he remembers. Tracy remembers. <laughs> I, was, I was terrible. I could go through a room and just shred everybody and then wonder, like, what's wrong with everybody? Well, you just came through here. <laughs> but God has had to work on me, and I've lost a lot of friends and people that I loved over the years by, by, by being that way. And I learned, you know what? People matter more to me than having my way. But that's a work from the Holy Spirit that he's done in my life. And I'm glad about that. So number one, God has called us to a victorious life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's called us to be victorious. Look at Genesis 1, 1 through 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. It was without form. It was a mess. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And look at what it says here. And the Spirit of God was hovering brooding and moody, moving over the face of the waters. Um, God spoke the world into, the existence, into existence, but the Holy Spirit is the one who brought it to pass. Did y'all hear that? So God said, let there be, but the Holy Spirit was the arranger. He was the one who called it all to come into order. And that's the same thing that he does with our lives. The same God who arranged everything that you see in this world. He's the same one who broods over your life to arrange it and align it and bring it, bring it into alignment and to bring it into his purpose. Because he created you for specific purpose. You are, you are 
perfect and and precious and you have a purpose that's a special destiny that's just you just like you have your own dna you have your own spiritual dna and your own special calling he never made another you so he spoke you into existence just like he said to jeremiah before i formed you in your mother's womb i knew you before you were ever here god knew you were gonna carry a cross down the street he knew He knew. He knows who you are and what you are. And the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life to bring that to pass. Oh, I'm excited this morning. So he's hovering over your life. He's brooding over your life. Well, I tell you, when God sits down on your life, I'm telling you, things are about to change. Hallelujah. Zechariah 4, 6. I love this right here. God says, not by might, nor by power, but by my Woo! By his what? By my spirit, says the Lord. Look at it in the living translation. I love this. Then he said, this is God's message to Zerubbabel. Because Zerubbabel had the task of rebuilding the temple. Okay? He had had the task of rebuilding the temple. So he laid the foundation. He began to stumble a little bit. And look at what God said to Zerubbabel. He sent Zechariah to say this. He said, this is God's message to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I'm brooding over you, Zerubbabel, and things are about to line up for you. All this stuff that I've called you to do, I'm empowering you to do it. I'm bringing you all the stuff you need to do it. There'll be enough people to do it. You're going to get this thing finished. Because why? My My spirit is brooding over this whole job, this whole thing I've got you to do. Okay? But by my spirit, says the Lord, you will succeed because of my spirit. That's good. You will succeed because of my what? Say that. I will succeed succeed. because of his spirit. spirit. Oh, my God. That's so good. Though you are few and weak, Though you're few and weak, you will succeed, because not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That means it don't matter how few, how weak, how terrible your situation looks, how jacked up, messed up, and ratchet your life looks. When you got the power of the Holy Spirit brooding over your situation, woo, you're going to win. You're going to do well because of my spirit, says God. You'll succeed, though you are few and weak. Therefore, no mountain, however high, can stand before Zerubbabel, for it will flatten out before him and Zerubbabel will finish building this temple with mighty shouts of thanksgiving for God's mercy declaring that all was done by grace alone Woo! his grace on my life that's the spirit of God the power of God the grace of God on my life the ability of God is over my life because the spirit of God is one with me the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Hallelujah. You can't lose with the stuff we use. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good. That's so good. Sounds like victory, doesn't it? Look at Hebrews 13:5. It says, He, God Himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not, mama. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's what my mama used to say when she said something real smart. Well, put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's good, isn't it, mom? That's your scripture right there. 
Praise God. So the indwelling in our lives is wonderful. It's wonderful, the indwelling and the brooding of our lives. That's wonderful that he's fixing me, that he's doing something to me. But you know, you are here for so much more than just getting you fixed. God wants to use you as an instrument to touch somebody else. Hallelujah. So you are here for the Holy Spirit to flow through you for the benefit of somebody else. I know I'm right. Number two, uh, listen to this. A life of reverence and obedience prepares us to be used of God. A life of reverence and obedience. See, it doesn't matter how reverent you are all day long. I reverence you, God. I love you, God. I worship you, God. I'm not going to obey you, though. You have to be willing and obedient. The Bible says you'll eat the good of the land. So when he talks to me, I have to be obedient. So the more, the more reverent I am in my relationship with him, the more I want to please him with my life. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. He owns me 100%. 100%. I'm not mine. I'm his. Amen. And so I give it all back to him and let him use me. Amen, amen, amen. So it's reverence and it's obedience, choosing to obey him. More than cultivating the gifts of the Spirit, we should cultivate our relationship with him. The wisdom and the power of God comes from that relationship and that intimacy. When you want to please God, you're like, yes, sir. Whatever you hear him say, yes, sir. Is it going to cost me something? Yes, it's going to cost me something, but yes, sir. Are you willing to sacrifice? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Whatever it takes, I'm, will, I'm willing to do it. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 in the Amplified says, Eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared and made and keeps ready. Would y'all underline that? He's already made it, and he keeps it ready. That's a word for somebody today. It's already there. It's already done. It's already done. It says that he has made all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready. Your stuff is ready. He keeps your stuff ready for you. It's ready. He's not trying to whip it up. Hold on while she prayed. Let me go try to whip it up. No, your prayer just intersected with the will of God for it to be released from the spirit realm into your life. Hallelujah. Keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through. How? Help me preach this morning, y'all. That was a pregnant pause for you to start talking. God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God. I love that. The bottomless things. You could never get to the bottom of God's barrel. (laughs) It is a bottomless pit of knowledge and information and goodness that he has for us. So the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. Wow, the Spirit is searching 
the deep things of God. It's like a, a, a search engine on a computer or on, a, it's like, what is that, Google or, or, or whatever. It, it, everything is available. Any, anything that's out there, it can pull it right up for you. Yeah. See, the Holy Spirit has the things of God on call like that. On. The deep things of God. Yeah. The things that we hadn't even heard of. It hadn't even entered into your mind. Your ear hadn't even heard of some of the things that God's got deep for you. But he reveals it by his spirit. That's why I need to reverence and obey him instantly. All right, number three. God doesn't want us to be misinformed about Holy Spirit gifts. So several translations say it differently. So I want to get them all out there because sometimes either we have no knowledge of the fact that there are gifts that come with the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives. You you may have been misinformed. You may not have ever even known at all. You might be confused about it. You could be afraid of it. Amen. So um, we, God doesn't want us to be confused. So look at the Passion Translation. It says, my fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. See, we are spirit people, and we ought to be walking in the spiritual, the supernatural. Y'all quiet right there, but I know I'm right today. Y'all, y'all don't scare me. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> no, no, seriously. God doesn't want us to be confused about spiritual realities. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if you're confused, then that confusion is not coming from God. God's obligated to make himself crystal clear. Or else we don't have to be responsible for it, right? So God's got to make it clear to me. So he's not the, he's not the author of confusion, but of peace. Look at, look at uh, in the NIV. It says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. And ignorant doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you lack knowledge or awareness or uninformed. Like when I got saved, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I was raised Catholic, and I just thought it was the part where you go, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's just Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what the power of the Holy Spirit, I didn't know what that meant. I knew that he was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but I didn't, what does that have to do with me? That's him. What does that have to do with me? But when I began to study his word, and I found out what the gifts of the Spirit were, I'm like, wow, this thing is bigger than I ever imagined. And I still probably don't even know all of it. But he doesn't want us to be lacking knowledge or unaware or uninformed. Um, look at it in the message translation. I love this. What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. So I want you for the next several weeks to just set aside anything you've ever thought and be open to hear about the Spirit of God in your life. Amen. All right. He says, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. Now look in the Amplified, it says, Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. See, we are spirit beings, and God wants us to operate in the supernatural. And there are, what does it say there? Special endowments of supernatural energy that he wants us. These are gifts that come from the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm so excited about it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Number two, the gifts of the Spirit. So right here in in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, just put a big square around, a big box around that scripture right there. 
a big square around it. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. So you know, this is what Pastor Sally's talking about. When she's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, this is them right there. There are nine of them. Just put the number nine out there so you'll know. I want you to underline them as we go through them so you'll know this is a gift of the Spirit when we get to it. All right? 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. See, this is about the Holy Spirit using you to minister to someone else. This is not just about you getting grown up in Christ. That's a work of the Holy Spirit, but this is another level. Come on, tremendous fruitfulness, another level of maturity, another level of intimacy with God, with God, where he's able to use us to minister to someone else. Y'all with me? I didn't lose anybody. Y'all with me? Don't make me plow hard. Now, come on. Look, it says, um, verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom. Underline that. Through the Spirit, the word of wisdom, through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, through the same, underline the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit. To another, faith. And this is different than the measure of faith or just using your faith. Jesus said, if you have faith, you know, and believe, anything is possible. You know, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll talk to a mountain, tell it to move and jump in the ocean, the mountain's going swimming. If you have faith, that, this is a different kind of faith. This is the gift of faith. This is where there's an impossible situation, and you, you have no idea. It's kind of like the movie that we saw. Remember when we went to see the movie Breakthrough where the boy fell through the ice, and the mother went in and prayed and said, God, bring my, my boy's spirit back to him. And even when the doctors were saying, he's not going to make it through the night, she's like, don't talk about that. Don't talk like that around my boy. She had the gift of faith, you know, to believe when other people just couldn't see it. Amen. This is a gift that you get from the Holy Spirit to be able to believe for something that's just really, really, really supernatural. Okay? By the same Spirit. Then to another, gifts of healings. Underline that. Gifts of healing. Now, we all should take the word like medicine and be healed in our bodies, but this is a gift of healing where the Spirit comes upon you and you have a gift for healing. And He chooses who it goes to. Amen. But the Bible says we should desire the best gifts. So we should come to God and say, Lord, I'm desiring that you would use a gift through me to, to um, uh, edify, encourage, lift somebody else up. God, here I am. Use me. Amen? So you should desire gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. You mean God still does miracles? Yes. Yes, he does. And I believe the church has gotten away from believing those kind of things and daring to even talk about that because we're trying to be sensitive to seekers. Phooey. I'm done with that. He is a miracle, wonder-working God. And yes, I expect to see miracles. That's why we'll stop a whole service and lay hands on mama's feet and expect to see a miracle right there. Lay hands on Tracy's foot and expect to see a miracle. Amen? You know, we say, well, Pastor Ali, we didn't see miracles today. Well, I still expect to see one. You know, I'm, we're ready. Amen? God, it's on you. We, it's on you. I make myself a no reputation. It's on you, God. We anointed with oil like your word. We spoke healing like you said. We declared recovery. And so, God, it's up to you to do what you do now. Amen? But we have to step out on it. And if we're ignorant of it or if we're misinformed about it or if we're afraid of it, then we won't do it. All right, let's keep going. It says, so did y'all underline that, the working of miracles? To another, prophecy. Underline prophecy. Prophecy is to be able to, to, to speak forth the, the words of God uh, concerning what's going to happen. 
what's happening right now and what's going to happen. It's sort of an insight into future events and things. You're able to speak over someone's life. You're able to, to speak over a situation and prophesy. And the Bible says that we should earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you should prophesy. Prophesying why? When I received a prophetic, a prophetic word in 2003 from Dr. Frederick Casey Price, it changed my life. It literally changed my life. Amen. When he spoke those words over my life, I'm like, oh, my God, I have something to hold on to. And that word has anchored me when all hell has broken loose against me. When my whole world has fallen apart, I have held on to that prophetic word. See, when you get a prophetic word from God and you know in your knower that God has spoken that word over you, it will hold you strong right through every storm. Right through whatever you go through. I am settled. I ain't tripping. I'm going to be fine. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't understand what I'm going through. But God, that's what you said. And that's what my eyes are upon you. My eyes are upon that prophetic word. So prophecy. God used me to prophesy. You're like, well, how do I know if it's God or if it's me? Well, just start talking. And if it's you, you know. If, in fact, when Dr. Frederick Casey Price got finished talking over me, that powerful word, he said, does that say anything to you? I'm like, are you kidding? Yes, of course it does. But even he was like, does that, does that hit anything? I mean, even he would wonder. See, it's, it's kind of like, I used to say it's like this. Y'all remember when, when cameras took film? Not talk to millennials right now. Well, let me talk to millennials right now. Because y'all ain't never seen film in a can, right? where it's got the little tab that sticks out on the end and you would lay it down in the back of the camera and pull it over and hook it on the little thing and then close the back of the camera and then push, push, push and zzz, 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 it would start winding that film, right? See, I believe pro prophecy is kind of like that or interpretation of tongues, which we'll talk about in just a second. It's like you take a hold of that tab and all wound up inside there's the rest of it. But if you'll take hold of what you can get hold of and start pulling, out it'll come. That's how it works. But you just have to have the faith to step out and say, like the first, the, the, while I was praying for you, uh, Johnny, this morning, I heard the Spirit of God say alignment, that he's bringing things in alignment. See, that was the first word I took hold of, and then the rest just started coming out. But the only thing I heard while I was praying for you was alignment. That was a word from God. I've learned to discern that voice that comes from right here. So as I began to speak... The rest just came on out. It's like you grabbed hold of that film and you're pulling it out of the can. Y'all got, does that work for y'all? That works for me. So prophecy, prophecy is so important. Okay, now, did y'all underline that one? All right, to another discerning of spirits. That's where I was kind of talking about this morning. You, under, you understand spiritually, you're discerning what somebody's operating under. Good or bad. You discern the good. Don't, don't go around like pointing your finger at everybody. I mean, I can't stand like people on Facebook. I always like, yeah, well, you trying to. I'm like, come on, just hush. You know, you discerning something on everybody but yourself. We all see what's on you. You know, so discerning of spirits, you know, that's something that we should be able to do to discern what, what spirit people are operating under. All right. And then to another different kinds of tongues or speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not spooky, it's not weird, it's not awful, it's not something from the devil. Speaking in tongues is something that God talks a lot about in the Bible. And when we get to that one, we'll talk a lot more about it. 
Amen. So how many of you just by a show of hands, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Okay. So look at a lot of people in here who have spoken in tongues, and, and they're not weird. They don't look weird. Y'all ain't weird, are you? No. So just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. But, um, you know, I thought it was weird, too. When I was in a, a, a spirit-filled church for the first time, I was like, oh, okay. This is some of those people. <laughs> we don't do this in Catholic church. Y'all have no idea what y'all are doing. But really, the more I hung around, the more I realized these people knew something that I didn't know. They had knowledge in the word that I wasn't aware of. So when I'd be, I had no idea all those scriptures were in the Bible about tongues. I had no idea. So there's two kinds of tongues. This kind of tongues he's talking about where the spirit of God speaks to the church. And he will move on a person to speak. They'll have a word from God and they will speak with tongues. Sometimes it's a language that you just don't know. But it's an actual language in, in the world. But you've never been taught it. And you begin to speak and glorify God and speak the words of God in that language. And sometimes the Bible calls it the tongues of men and of angels. Sometimes there you speak a heavenly language that only God understands. But then the, but right along with it. So that's, that's the kind of tongues where God wants to talk to the church. And I want this so bad in our church, y'all. Times of refreshing where the Spirit of God speaks over us as a group. And someone comes and interprets it. That's the next one, the interpretation of tongues. The interpretation. See, if we're in a group setting like this and someone speaks in tongues, then we're all quiet and we all listen, but nobody comes forth with an interpretation. Sometimes the same person will interpret, and then sometimes a whole other person will interpret what those tongues were. And it's always, it always builds you up. It makes you just feel so wonderful to know that God just, he's a supernatural God, y'all. And this is a supernatural sign. And then there's the, the, the kind of tongues that we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit, like where all the apostles began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, the, 16, the apostles over in Acts chapter 16, they said, Paul said to them, well, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? So when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they all began to speak with other tongues and prophesy. Amen. So that's the kind of tongues where we are speaking to God. The Bible says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but to God. No one understands him. How be it in the spirit? He speaks mysteries. So you don't understand it. Your, your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit's doing flip-flops. You're like, you feel your spirit is directly praying to God. It's your spirit Praying directly to the Spirit of God. And the Bible says when we don't know how to pray as we ought, or what to pray as we ought, the Spirit Himself makes intercession through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So the Spirit Himself begins to pray the perfect will of God without your mind being fruitful. Why? Because if you knew, you'd try to help. And God don't need your help. You're on a need-to-know basis. So these are wonderful gifts that I want us to talk about. I want us to be informed about it so that we can begin to operate fully in the spirit in this church. That's the desire of my heart. Amen. People are going to come from far and wide just to watch us burn. Amen. 
All right. So, um, so, it said that, so it says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one equally, individually, as he wills. You know, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the earth, looking for someone he can show himself strong through. Just be willing to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, okay? So we're going to take them just a few at a time. I just want to quickly go over these two right here. Number one, natural knowledge is information. It's information that we acquire through study, research, investigation, observation, or experience. So natural knowledge. You can get on the Internet and find out anything you want to know. Anything you want to know. I mean, literally, if there's information on it out there, isn't it wonderful that we were picked to live in this day? In this age, we could have been in the dark ages, boo. That would have been terrible. But we're in the, in the, the age of, of great knowledge. So any natural knowledge we want, we have access to it, which is a wonderful thing. We ought to really be um, uh, on our game because of that. But look, this is the kind of knowledge that we're talking about. This is a spiritual knowledge. Number two, a word of knowledge, the one that we just talked about up there, the word of knowledge comes from the Holy Spirit and supernaturally reveals something that was unknown to you. It's supernatural knowledge and insight being given directly by the Spirit himself, not your own mind or your own intelligence. He drops it on you. It comes in handy for parents. Word of knowledge comes in handy for a parent. I remember hearing uh, Juanita Bynum talking about when she was... uh, uh, y- young girl, and her mother was so in the spirit. She said that um, that she and her sisters and, and they had that somebody had brought in. This is way before the internet, but somebody had brought in a naked magazine. They had a naked magazine. You know how kids sometimes the devil just you know, and they end up with a naked magazine. And they knew they shouldn't have it, but they brought it in the house anyway. And Mama didn't know that they had it, but there was something in her spirit. Something. What is in my house? Something's in my. What is there? Something in my house. She said they came home from school. Mattresses were flipped over. The couch was upside down. Stuff was tore up all over the house. And there was mama sitting at the kitchen table with the the buck necking magazine and a switch. (laughs) Waiting for him to get home. Praise God. Jennifer the other day said that she was about to go to sleep. And and it was like 11 o'clock at night. Jakai was spending the night with somebody else. But the Spirit of God said, check Life 360 to see where Jakai is right now. He should have been in bed asleep at his friend's house at 11 o'clock at night. But she saw him walking in the woods a mile away from where he was supposed to be. In the dark, in the woods. She said, son, where are you right now? He said, out walking. She said, where are you out walking? You're in the woods, aren't you? He's like, yes, (laughs) ma'am. But she said, you get home, get back now. And she explained to him why it's critical. You know, as a young black man, you don't have any business being out there walking in the dark and in in the woods and get home now. And uh, so because she got that word knowledge and obeyed the voice, she didn't just go to sleep thinking, oh, you know, you reason your way out of it. Well, he's spending the night over there. I'm sure the mom is watching. She immediately looked at it, and that see, it comes in handy for, for parents, right? Amen. On your job, it comes in handy. When there's a situation on your job, you may not know everything. You may not know everything going on in relationships, it comes in handy in relationships. Got to reveal things. Now, Daniel was a man who was filled with the Spirit of God. And look what it says in Daniel 5.11. There was a man, there's a man in your kingdom in whom is the Spirit. Spirit of the Holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. How would you like your boss to say something like that about you? 
Daniel 6, 3, it says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the, go- the governors and satraps because what? An excellent spirit was in him. That's the spirit of God. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Having the spirit of God and these gifts flowing in your life will cause you to be promoted. People will say, some ain't regular about them. They just always seem to know, right? In your ministry to other people, think about how Jesus operated in the word of knowledge. The woman at the well. He said, I must needs go to Samaria. He gets there. There's a woman carrying a bucket, but she, she wasn't thirsty just for water. She was thirsty in her soul. And there was Jesus there. Uh, He said, woman, give me something to drink. She put her hand on her hip and had an attitude. Uh, I'm a Samaritan. What are you doing talking to me? You know, Jews don't talk to Samaritans. He said, well, if you knew who it was talking to you, you asked me for living water and I'd give you water. You wouldn't even have to come and, and, and draw water anymore. She said, she said, Oh, you got some water? Where's your bucket at? You ain't got no bucket. How are you going to give me some water when you ain't even got a bucket? Jesus said, you want the living water? She said, yeah, I want the living water. He said, okay, go call your husband. Tell him to come here. She said, er. She said, sir, I don't, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You said you ain't got a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. The one you got now you're just living with, he's not your husband, but you're living with him. Now, how could he know that? He's a Jew, not even from Samaria. And who knows if anybody in that town even knew how many times she'd been married, if she lived in other places and then came here and then married Jack and Jack didn't work out. So she married Tom and Tom didn't work out. And so now she's just living with Fred. You know, there's still three more or five more somewhere else, three more somewhere else. But here's this man. He's, he's just read all my mail, knows all my business. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. And she said, I got a question for you. I know I'm talking to somebody who is hooked up. Where do we worship? Do we worship here? Do we worship in Jerusalem? And Jesus began to, you know, give her a word. And that woman forgot why she even came to the well. She dropped her bucket and got up and ran into the city and became an evangelist. A word of knowledge saved that woman's life. It turned her into the woman she was supposed to be. Amen. So when you flow in your ministry to others and you, God tells you something that you shouldn't know, you shouldn't know it from Adam, but God puts it on your spirit and you're faithful and obedient and you speak it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That woman was never the same. So, amen, it gets people's attention. When we were ministering to someone in the, in the next room is our, our new sanctuary. We're, we're working on uh, getting that finished by August the 18th. Um, it'll see twice as many people, and it's just going to be wonderful. This will become our new children's ministry, more children's ministry over there. Um, so we have plenty of room for all the growth that we're expecting to have. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. We, when we, this used to be our old uh, sanctuary before. Um, we were having prayer time at the altar. We were going down the line praying for people, and I was just a helper at that point and uh, someone else was praying over people and 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 he prayed for this one guy and went on and uh, I was standing there and I kept hearing this name Drakkar Drakon I'm like Drakkar is like a cologne or something what's that and I kept hearing it Drakon Drakon so I, I turned to the guy and I said I don't know if this means anything to you but I keep hearing this name Drakon and his eyes got big he said how could you know that I said I don't know but I just kept hearing it what is it and he said, it's, a, it's like a, a character that I made to play on the internet for, what is it? Some kind of dungeon dragon, some kind of game that you play on the internet where you, he made up this demonic demon 
uh, character that he would become when he played these games. And this guy had gotten saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but he still had that trash at his house. So I said, to, I said, so God gave me the next step, which was a word of wisdom. So the word of knowledge was the word where we, we settled what dracon was. You know, dracon, what is that? God is saying the word dracon. And I said, so now here's what, where, what, what do you have? He said, well, I drew a picture of it. And I have that picture at my house. I said, young man, you need to get that picture out of your house. Because some things become an open door for the devil to have a legitimate right to come in and tear up your life. And so that's an open door. So I said, you need to get that, set it on fire, throw it away, get rid of it. Amen. And so that, that, that gave him the ability to get free from something that was going to constantly keep a demonic door open for him. Do y'all like this? Do you hear this? Amen. This is what God wants us to, um, to, um, to operate in. Nick and Rosemary. Rosemary was in the hospital this week, and uh, it looked like she could have been having a stroke. And uh, when I was on the phone with him, like the last time for, I was just getting ready to come down and come lay hands on her, but she was having tests. So I wanted to go when she was finished having her tests and we had all the information so we'd know how to pray. And so um, right before I hung up, I said, Nick, I just really feel like this is a false alarm. I don't know why, but I just feel like, I don't feel like it's anything. That's a word of knowledge. Amen. Now, when somebody's in the hospital getting tests for having a stroke, now, do you really say it's a false alarm unless you've heard from God? (laughs) So he called me like, what, 15, 20 minutes later? If that, if that 50 minutes later, he said, Pastor, don't come. (laughs) I said, why, is it a false alarm? He said, (laughs) 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 said, yes, it was a false, it was a false alarm or that it wasn't like a major stroke. They're thinking maybe she could have had a mini stroke or something like that, but it's not showing up. Whatever it is, if it was there, it's gone. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You wanted to, he wanted to testify about that today, but we had prayer time and everything. So we'll, you want to do it next week? Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, let me see. Where are, where are, where are, where are, where are Okay, all right. So a word of wisdom. Um, a word of wisdom is the Holy Spirit revealing wisdom for a situation. It's, um, he, re- he reveals wisdom for a situation. So the re- word of knowledge shows you something supernaturally, but the word of wisdom shows you how to handle it. Wow. See, the word of knowledge said drakkar. It identified what it was, but the word of wisdom said you need to burn it and get rid of it and get it out, get it out of your house. Amen. So sometimes it's, it's having wisdom for a situation. So um, let's just say in your, in your relationship, you're having trouble. You're having trouble in a relationship. So a word of knowledge from God lets you know what's going on, but you need a, a word of wisdom to know what to say, what not to say. See, because everything God shows you is not for another person. It's for you to take in the prayer closet. God needs to know that you can be faithful like that. See, there's some stuff he can't reveal to you because you're too immature. You get on the phone, girl, you won't believe what God just told me. About Betty Sue. Mm-mm. See, you have to be mature. God has to be able to trust you with information so that you can, so that you, so that you can pray. Amen? So that you can intercede on people's behalf. Okay, so, um, so in, especially in relationships, you know, girls, you, if you're praying for him for a certain situation, take that in your prayer closet. Don't get in his face and shundai and, and I cast that devil of laziness out of you in the name of Jesus. You don't do that. You get in your prayer. He will never know. The, the Bible says you'll win him without a word. You ain't got to say a word. You take it in the war room. You take it in your prayer closet. You take it to God. Amen. You'll get, you'll get a whole lot more done by not getting in his face. You can't get in a man's face. Now, sometimes you might have to. I'm not saying. 
that it ain't never a time to get in his face because sometimes, you know, hallelujah. hallelujah. Y'all just don't go to jail and stuff like that. Let's don't be calling the popo and the lights out in the neighborhood and all that. Let's don't be doing that. Let's, let's, let's be excellent people. All right. All right. The spirit of wisdom rested upon Joshua. Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of what? The spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him. So there is a transfer of wisdom and the spirit of wisdom that happens by the laying on of hands. Praise God. The spirit of wisdom obviously was on, on Joshua. He said, look, here's what we're going to do. March around Jericho six days in a row and don't say a word. On the seventh day, we're going to march seven times. On the last time, we're going to shout with a great shout. Now, you know he had to hear from God for that to work. Amen. So that was the spirit of wisdom with the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, how to handle that situation. The spirit of wisdom rested upon Jesus. Look here. Isaiah prophesied it. There shall come up forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Here was Jesus sitting out in the courtyard and here they find a woman in the act of adultery in the very act. She was in the bed having sex. When they drug her out, pulled her out in the middle of the dusty street and, and threw her against the wall. Everybody's got a rock ready to stone her. Jesus just stoops down. They said, look, in the law, Moses said, we got a stoner. We all got our rocks. What you got to say? They're always trying to trip Jesus up, trying to see if he had wisdom. But Jesus had this special wisdom that was resting on him from before he was ever born. It was spoken over him. Amen. So, it, so they, they, they all had their rocks, and Jesus just stoops down and writes something in the sand. And we still don't know what he wrote in the sand, whether he wrote names or what, whatever he wrote, maybe the name of the brothel that they all went to. Who knows? Who knows what he wrote in the sand? But he wrote something in the sand. And he said, okay, the one who's without sin, you can throw the first rock. Go ahead. And they all dropped their rocks from the youngest to the oldest. They were all messed up. So, so they all dropped their rocks. And then they tried to get him one time. But what about paying taxes? Should we have to pay taxes? They were trying to trip him up again, see what he would say. He said, bring me a coin. Whose picture is on the coin? Caesar. Well, render unto Caesar what Caesar's and render unto God what belongs to God. That's all I got to say to y'all. I mean, such wisdom. Such wisdom. Solomon had the spirit of wisdom. Two women came to him and said that the baby belonged to, to them. Each one of them said, it's my baby. No, it's my baby. She's mistaken. It's my baby. And so wisdom, uh, Solomon had such wisdom. He said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut the baby in half. You can have half. You can have half. The one woman who wasn't her child said, yeah, that's fine. Do that. The one who's really his child was said, no, no, just let her have him. She can have him. So it was revealed who was the real mom, but that was the Solomon of, I mean, the wisdom of Solomon yeah. to do that. Amen. Stephen operated in the spirit of wisdom. Acts six, eight, and ten. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did what? Great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Sicilia and Asia disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Woo, he could lay them all out with a word. I love it. James 1, 5 through 6. Here's the good news right here. If any of us, any of us lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. In the, in the uh, uh, Amplified, it says, let him ask the giving God. 
who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. And so the five expectations of faith, I put those for you there. When you're in faith for something, you can expect the wisdom of God. You can expect a plan of action, that he'll give you a plan of action. When you're in faith for something, God will give you a plan of action. He'll give you the favor of God. You can expect that he'll raise up somebody to use their power, ability, and influence to help you. You're not in this by yourself. The whole earth is the Lord's, the world, and everybody who is in it. He'll raise up somebody to help you. Somebody over here has got what you need. Somebody over here can, has the knowledge to do what you need. Amen. He'll raise up committed support and people to help you. And then number four, you can believe God for a miracle because he is still a miracle wonder working God. It's, an expe- it's, a, it's a legitimate expectation of faith that I can believe for a miracle. And then number five, and if you know what, if he's not going to be a miracle working God, he shouldn't have put it in the book and told me to believe it. Amen. So it's on him. It's not my reputation, but it's his reputation. And then number five, he'll give you the strength to endure. Till change comes. It's just a matter of time before change comes, before things change. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all give, give God some praise right quick.